Welcome into UGA Football Live with J.C. Shelton, where the dogs come to talk. Aaron Murray, Mark Rick, Rennie Curran, Brandon Boykin, Malcolm Mitchell, Keith Marshall, Kamari Lasseter, John Fitzpatrick, Michael Bennett. Dog Nation, we are off the bye week. It is Georgia, Florida week. That's right, Jacksonville, 3.30 on Saturday. CBS game of the week. Let's go. Can't wait for this one. Always love when it is the Dogs versus the Gators. Got a great show for you today, and I am pumped. None other than Todd Gurley joins the show. Georgia's third all-time leading rusher, NFL All-Pro, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year in the NFL. Great to sit down with Todd for a moment and talk a little Georgia football. We get his thoughts on RBU, get his thoughts on Georgia-Florida, and reminisce about his career in Athens. Let's jump right into it. One of the best ever to wear the red and black. I got special guest, Georgia great, UGA's third all-time leading rusher. Todd Gurley. Uh, Todd, I appreciate your time, man. And Dog Nation loves hearing from you, especially when you're doing something special like what you're doing for Atlanta. Let us know what you got going on with Gatorade. Yeah, man, I'm here with Gatorade at the Salvation Army, Bellwood Boys and Girls Club to surprise the organization as um, Gatorade through tomorrow initiative, which aim to break down barriers and bring equity and access to sports for all youth. So um, being able to be here um, today, we're going to surprise the kids with a grant that will cover the cost of, you know, transportation, um, fees, uh, renovations, um, and um, with the flag football program. So just to be able to be here, um, give back um, not only to the state of Georgia, city of Atlanta, um, like you said, have the, the, the Falcon ties for, for one year um, and to have the, the UGA ties forever, you know. So just to be able to be here on behalf of Gatorade, through tomorrow initiative, um, it means a lot. So being able to just be here and hang out with the kids and, and give back to the community, you know, that's what it's all about. Yeah, no, that's great. And we appreciate that. And especially giving back to this community that really loves you, and especially for what you did at Georgia and how you went about yourself in your career. And, you know, yeah. RBU, right? Like some of the best running backs in college yeah. football yeah, yeah, have yeah, come yeah. through Georgia. What, what yeah, it's makes, all, it's uh, always an argument. You know, we, <laughs> you know, the U is always going to, you know, be up there, Alabama. There's a lot, a lot of great schools, but, you know, I'm always going to my school. Yeah. No, what makes Georgia RBU in your mind? I mean, I'm more of a newer a, a newer school, you know, guy. So obviously, just looking at the product, being able to to produce backs these last ten years um, at a consistent basis. Obviously, uh, we had no shine, and then after that, um, a little period. But you know, even got even having guys that's in the league right now represent, representing um, Zamir White. James Cook, you know, young guys, and then everybody in the world know who Nick Chubb is, whether they believe he's he's the best running back or not. Um, you know, guys like Sonny, who won the Super Bowl with, with New England and the Rams last year. Um, you know, put myself in there as well. But um, yeah, man, I just I just feel like just being consistent, um, having guys that's producing and lead, and you know, long as Nick Chubb keep doing what he's doing, we we'll we'll always be number one. Yeah, no, for sure. He's the best running back in the NFL right now. Leads the oh, league yeah. in no yards. Doubt no doubt. Yeah, no. some of the best. We love, we love Saquon, but my boy Nick Chubb is the man. 
Yeah. Yeah, dude, for sure, man. And he has, he combines that speed and, and power. Um, so Georgia, we're, we're in a bye week right now, right? But we got Florida coming up next week. I just want to hear about your time playing in that matchup. One of the best rivalries in college football, especially in the South, right? The world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Mm-hmm. Man, what was that experience like for you? Did you, did you feel a different level of excitement for that game going into it as a player? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. Um, this is funny, man. When you're in college and you have these robberies, but you hear these stories, because a lot of people don't really know. You know, I was from North Carolina, man, so I didn't really know too much about just Georgia history at all. So, you know, obviously you have um, alumni coming back and telling you the backstory of, of, you know, these robberies. But, yeah, that that Florida game is different. I just remember every time um, being on a bus and crossing the bridge, like I felt like I just get the chills and I'm just like... You, you kind of overhype yourself for these games. You're like, all right, you got to calm down because you don't want your emotions to get the best of you. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, that's that's the game to be at. I got to go as a fan one day for sure. Yeah. No, it is. it feels like a different level of excitement going into it for the fans. So I can only imagine as a player, um, especially, you know, this year it's going to be a tough battle like always. Georgia looks like they are the better team. But you know what? You never know what happens in that yeah. game, right? You played yeah. in some close ones, I know for sure. Um, no, for sure. I mean, if, if we was supposed to win every game, then we wouldn't play. You know, that's the reason yeah. why we play the games on Saturday and Sunday is, is to find out, you know, who's going to win at the end of the day. If you had to pick one game in your career that you look back on with a smile, something that you maybe think on, maybe on a Georgia Saturday when the dogs kick it off, what would that game be if you could pick one? <sighs> Probably my first game ever, man. Um my first game in Sanford Stadium uh, against Was that Buffalo? Buffalo? Yeah, yeah, Buffalo. Um, I think I scored like three touchdowns. Uh, yeah. The yeah. first time you touched it, right, as a freshman, <laughs> didn't you return that kick? I think it was, that was your it first was touch? Second, it was a, I think it was the second carry, but end up scoring. Oh, okay. The first kickoff. Yeah, man. Um, it wasn't no looking back ever since then. I'll tell you that, though. Dude, what, what did that feel like when you ran that touchdown, that kickoff or touchdown back? for your first ever carry. I mean, it really touched, right? First ever yeah. touch. What was that feeling going through your mind after that, man? Where you're like, no, this is it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a college football player. I'm an SEC player. I've got this in the bag already. Well, you always have those conversations where it's like, you know, no disrespect to the, the program of Buffalo, but, you know, people always like, well, what, what would he would have done if they was playing Bam in the first game? But I think it, it definitely, um, you know, gave me an opportunity to, you know, I guess boost my confidence, believe in myself, but then also like really showcase not Georgia, but the whole world. Um, I guess what I was, what I was about. And I don't know, man, I just felt like I was just out there playing ball and everything else, you know, took care of itself. But um, yeah, I feel speechless to the, to the day, man. I, I honestly, yeah, I don't even really know what to say. Yeah. No, you were, you were on the scene at that point because the dog dog fans who didn't know about you, they definitely knew about you after that game. And it just went uphill yeah. from there. And you have one of the greatest careers in Georgia football history. I don't know if you look at it that way, but we do. Uh, so it's great hearing from it. you about that. Yeah, man. Um, so before we go, you know, I just, we're playing Florida, and this is going to come out next week. So I'd love to hear your score prediction for this game. Uh, I'll set it up for you a bit. Georgia enters this one 7-0 off the bye week. We got a big game against Tennessee the next week. So we're prepping for that one as well. Georgia, they could look past Florida here. You know, that's kind of dangerous sometimes. Better not, just like Tennessee, better not look past Kentucky. Yeah, that's a good point, um, too. Score prediction. Obviously, you know, I'm going to roll with my dogs. Um, I say 35 
17. 35-17. I like it. 35-17. All right. You heard it here, guys. You heard it here, Dog Nation. Check out what Todd Gurley's doing with Gatorade. Give it back to the city of Atlanta, the state of Georgia. I appreciate your time, Todd. Go dogs. All right, man. Go dogs. Good talking to you. I'll tell you what, that was special for me, guys. It really was. As a Georgia fan, growing up like I did and watching Todd burst onto the scene as a freshman that no one really talked about, three-star recruit coming out of North Carolina, just a special time to get a chance to sit down with him and reminisce a little bit. Now let's get into the rest of the show here. We're going to talk Georgia-Florida, but first let's talk injury updates because we've got some important news that came out of practice this week, and that is Dan Jackson. Dan Jackson suffered a fractured foot, going to be out the rest of the season. And that is a big blow to Georgia secondary that already lost, well, now it's two upperclassmen lost since the start of the season, right? William Poole left the program earlier this season, and now Jackson. That's going to force Tyke Smith to really take the majority of the snaps right there, opposite of Chris Smith. May see more of Javon Bullard there as well. I know he plays star, but I think that would be a logical move that we may see. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Georgia is going to have to reel a bit, really lock down the secondary, and it's not a good point in the schedule for that to happen, right? Big, big games versus Kentucky and Tennessee coming, as well as the postseason. It's just not good news. But next man up, right? This happens. It's football. You're going to lose stars. You're going to lose key players. And Dan Jackson was always a guy that had a good head on his shoulders, got in the right spot, made the plays when he needed to, just a reliable guy in the back end. He knew the defense, so hope he gets well soon. But that's what the dogs are going to have to face and shoring up that secondary as we move forward. Other injury updates here, Jalen Carter and Adonai Mitchell, right? A.D. Mitchell did not participate in practice last week per Kirby Smart, but they are hopeful again. And we've heard this for, what, five weeks now, that they're just hopeful. I don't think they're going to be playing this week. It doesn't sound like they are. If they're not practicing, they're not going to play. And I think that is consistent with what Kirby Smart has said in the past. Um, Kendall Milton practiced non-contact on Thursday. He's expected to go. All four guys missed the Vanderbilt game. Good news on Milton and Mondon there. But we need to see Jalen Carter and A.D. Mitchell get back in action if we're going to make that run. They're really key to this team. Georgia, Florida. Let's get into it here. You know, this is our part two breakdown, right? So if you want to hit that part one, go back one episode behind last week. Uh, we were joined by Tavares King, former Georgia receiver, helped us break down a little bit of this Georgia-Florida, especially Georgia's receiving core, headed into this game. But hit that part one if you missed it. Here's a stat I ran across today doing some research, right? Florida is 3-11 and in its last 14 SEC games. 3-11. and Includes a loss to Georgia. This year, the Gators are 3-4, and 1-3 and in the SEC. They had a 27-14 win over Missouri and then losses to Tennessee, Kentucky, and LSU most recently. All currently are ranked in the top 25 now. Dogs are favored by 22.5 right now. That moved over five points. And we talked about that last week with TK, how I thought that line would be moving, and it really has. The public is all over Georgia money right now. So interesting to see where this line might move uh, up to kickoff. I don't think it'll go more than 22 and a half, but we'll see. Let's start with the Gators offense here. Seventh in offensive yards per game, 430. 10th in passing, 217. Fourth in rushing with 213. And ninth in scoring, 
31.4. Uh, Anthony Richardson at quarterback, AR, 11th in the SEC in pass yards, 1367. 13th in completions percentage with 58%. 7th in yards per completion with 8 yards per pass. 11th in touchdowns with 6. 13th in the SEC in interceptions with 7. Yeah, he has more interceptions than touchdowns. That's not really a stat you want to see from your quarterback. Against AP Top 25, though, so against good competition, he has 53% completion average with a 7.4 yards per catch, two touchdowns with three interceptions. So again, more interceptions than touchdowns. Now, the best defense they've played is the number two in the SEC. That's Kentucky. Florida put up 16 in that game. AR put up 143 yards on 14 of 35 passing. 21 incompletions to 14 completions. Two interceptions, no touchdowns. He had six carries for four yards, for those wondering about his running game, which is really the threat. Right. Obviously, with his legs, AR is a problem. 395 yards with 7.1 average and six touchdowns on the year. Has just as many rushing touchdowns as he does passing. AR stat line versus Georgia a year ago. This is important. 12 of 20 for 82 yards and two interceptions. He did not start that game, but he did get the majority of the reps. The the reason I'm focusing on AR, really, on this offense, is that Florida's entire scoring well-being is really put on AR's shoulders, right? Um, He he has asked so much of him on a game-by-game basis, and as a passer, he's just not developed. NFL draft boards has him in like the top four quarterback. I think that talks about how good this QB class right now is more than AR, right? He's a running back. He has a cannon, but he's a running back. In his best game against a Tennessee secondary that is very suspect, and we've seen that been broken down by a few teams this year, including Florida. He had his best passing game of his career versus Tennessee. I just don't think that this is a good matchup uh, because of AR's passing inability at, at some places. You know, Georgia does lose Dan Jackson, but Tyke Smith has had increased reps for the last few games, right? So I think he's a guy, especially good in coverage, not as good as a run stopper as Dan Jackson. Something he can work on. He's a bit smaller, but I think his coverage skills are going to be just fine, especially in this game versus AR. Um, we'll get him more into this in, in just a minute. Sophomore running back Montrell Johnson, he's the guy to watch at running back, averaging a really good 7.2 yards per carry. against top 25. That's still good. With 425 yards on the year. At receiver, they're led by junior receiver Justin Shorter. Big body guy, 6'4", 220. Has 18 receptions, 405 yards, two touchdowns. The big thing here for Shorter is he has a good average, 22.5 yards per catch. So when they do get it to him, it's for long shots. Junior Ricky Perschel also has 16 receptions for 303 yards and two scores. He has a 19-yard average per catch. Georgia really succeeded last year in blocking those passing lanes and forcing errant throws from AR. Led to two interceptions. One was a pick six. I think that's where Georgia can gain advantage here. They may be able to drop eight. You know Florida's going to try to run early, but in obvious passing downs, I don't think Florida is going to be able to convert at a high enough level to score points here. I think that's what it comes down to. Georgia's strength is getting three and outs on defense. Not as much as last year, but we know how legendary that defense was a year ago. 
Still one of the best in the SEC this year. Total defense, they are number one by a lot, especially scoring defense. Can Florida put together drives? They may hit a few shots here and there. AR may break out for a big run, but can they put it together and actually score points? And that's what Georgia's defense is the best in the country at. Defense for the Gators. Florida is 12th in defense in the SEC, 429 yards allowed per game. 11th in the SEC in passing defense at 244, 12th in rush defense at 185, 11th in points per game, 28.1. Florida gave up 26 to Kentucky, 38 to Tennessee, and 45 to LSU. And know LSU is, has been playing better, especially on offense, but 45 to an LSU team, that's crazy. I mean, 30, 38 to Tennessee, we know what Tennessee is about, um, not as highlighted I think to me as that 45 to LSU when we look back at this matchup Georgia Florida a year ago it's important just to realize one that Florida's defense was just simply better they really were and I'll add that Stetson Bennett this is before Stetson really came into his own and started lighting people up right and he's continued that this year he's looked good he's not going to lose you a game and he makes big throws. And, and with his legs, too, and how fast he's running this year, Stetson's a better quarterback, and this defense is not as good. They allowed 27 points to Georgia a year ago, not including that pick six given up. Allowed 354 yards to Georgia, 161 passing, 193 on the ground. And like I said, this year they're allowing 429 yards per game, and this is the second-best offense in the SEC they're about to go against. All right, players to watch on the Gators' defense. And let's start with everyone's favorite unsubstantiated trash talker, Brenton Cox. Transferred to Florida three years ago, always likes to give the dogs bulletin material to his former team. I saw a tweet he sent out today. It was a comment on Georgia football's video, practice video, preparing for the game this weekend. And it said, you better be getting ready for me or something like that. Always fun to hear from Brenton Cox before he gets beat. Sophomore safety Rashad Torrance leads the team in tackles with 55. Senior inside linebacker Ventrell Miller, he's the leader there. Second on the team in tackles. Along the defensive line, I got to watch Gervon Dexter. Gervon Dexter, either one of those, is a player to watch. 6'6", 312 pounds, 29 tackles, a sack and a half. Oh, and he has an interception, which is pretty impressive. Sophomore cornerback Jaden Hill leads the Gators with two interceptions on the year. There's your number one corner. Takeaways, you know, this is a, like I said, it's a bad matchup for Florida. Uh, it really is. They're not, they don't do one thing well on this Florida defense. They allow a lot of points. Like I said, 11th in SEC in passing defense, 12th in rush defense. Georgia's near the top in both of those categories. UGA's averaging 43 points per game. You know, there could be that game and that one Georgia-Florida game who everyone thinks is going to be lopsided and then Georgia lays an egg and gets beat. I don't think that will be this year. 2020 was that game, right? Georgia went into that, lost, got killed. Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts from that Florida offense. And then Georgia's offense was going through a weird QB situation, right? Dewan Mathis, Stetson Bennett, JT was hurt. Not the case this year. Georgia is set on offense. They're looking better than we've ever seen. And I think that Todd Monken and this offense are really going to take advantage where they can. 
I love how recently we've been featuring Darnell Washington more. He is that matchup problem. Dejon Edwards from the in the run game, along with Branson Robinson and Kenny McIntosh, and that offensive line for Georgia has really came into their own in the last few games as well. I like to see that take off Saturday. I think that will happen. Georgia's defense, they may give up a few shots, like I said. I don't think they're going to break enough to score or to allow Florida to score points. It's going to be the difference there. I think, really, Georgia's going to make a statement game here. Statement game headed in to Tennessee. That matchup will be crazy. It might be number one versus number three, depending on how Tennessee plays Kentucky. I think the Dogs leave Jacksonville after a statement win, 43-13. to They cover the line. That's your prediction. Let's hit this SEC recap real quick. Did it towards the end. Wanted to get that good conversation in with Todd and that Florida preview for you. But if you missed it, some developments, right, in the SEC. Ole Miss, I think they were number nine, blew it to LSU 45-20 to in Death Valley. Uh, Bama over MSU 30-6. to Tennessee BUT Martin 65 to 24. Missouri pulled out a close one versus Vandy 17 to 14. I thought Missouri should have whacked Vanderbilt. USC Junior South Carolina over AM. That was surprising. Did I pick both AM and Ole Miss? Uh, shows you what I know. 30 to 24. Carolina now number 25. And Georgia has a huge win over South Carolina on the resume. Looks good for the dogs. And another thing that looks good for the dogs, let's note a non-SEC team who has been unstoppable since playing UGA to open the season. That is Oregon. 45-30 to 30 over number 9 UCLA, or UCLA as it's pronounced. The Ducks are doing good. You know, a really good job of promoting for Georgia right now and that really big win in Atlanta. Last segment, JC versus the spread. 20-19-1. and 19 and one. On the year for your boy, 3-2 and two last week. We are over 500, folks. 14, Syracuse at number 5, Clemson. Took Syracuse to cover 14.5. They should have won that game. Very close game. The refs really helped out the Tigers and their weird quarterback situation uh, in that one. Number 21, Cincinnati at SMU. I lost by a point, guys, a point. SMU came back at the end, made a two-point game. That was an L. Number seven, Ole Miss. Oh, they were number seven. Okay. LSU, of course, took Ole Miss there. Big L. Number 17, Kansas State at number eight, TCU. That was a win. Took them by three and a half. Number 20, University of Texas. Six-point favorite at Oklahoma State. Took Oklahoma State, and they won straight up. That was a home dog. And this week, here's the picks. I've got ECU at BYU. BYU's a three-point favorite Give me ECU. Give me ECU. Number seven, TCU, seven and a half point favorite at West Virginia. TCU has four straight wins over top 20 teams. Four straight. Give me the Horned Frogs to cover seven and a half. Miami is a two point favorite at Virginia. Virginia is crap. One of the worst offenses in the FBS. Give me Miami to cover that. Number nine, OK State. I'm sticking with my guns here and the fighting Cowboys. They're at Kansas State. Who's coming off a tough loss. Give me OK State to cover here. Kansas State's a one and a half point favorite. I like OK State. Number 20, Cincinnati. Again, sticking with my guns. A point favorite over UCF. UCF just got whacked last week. Give me Cincinnati to cover that. The away dog. 
Them's the picks, guys. I appreciate you listening in and following along with us this season, the 67th episode. Make sure to check us out at ugawire.com. Got your Georgia football coverage, predictions, analysis, injury updates. It's all there at ugawire.com, part of the USA Today's College Wire Network. Also, UGA Wire on Instagram, UGA Football Live on Twitter. I'm at JC underscore Shelton underscore on Twitter. Rate, subscribe, and review if you haven't. And we'll see you next week to preview Georgia and Tennessee. But first, let's go gator hunting. Go dogs.